gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, right here, am Mr. Warren Hayes, and I could not be in a more festive mood. No, I probably, no, that's not true. Okay, no, hang on, let me say that. I could probably not be in a more festive mood at this point in time, as we are in December right now. It's December 12, uh, December 16, 2021. And I will be, I'm saying at this point here, right? Because I'll probably be a little more festive next week. Uh, and, and and I'll probably be a little less festive the week after. Like, I think the apogee of my festiveness is going to hit, hit its peak next week. I think that's, I think that's the moment where, where, where the, the maximum, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maximum uh, fe, fe, festiveness, holiday spirit niche. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be happening next week. That's that's a terrible word. I hope I never, I hope I never use that word again. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to be here uh, on YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes on another Thursday night to talk about professional wrestling because. God damn, I like me some wrestling, and there was a lot of there was a lot of reasons to love pro wrestling this week, wasn't there? W wouldn't you concur? Wouldn't you agree, people who are joining me live here tonight in the chat at YouTube? Like I said, youtubecom slash Hayes, because that's what we got here. We've got a full another full room full of wonderful people who are joining us tonight. Look at this, we've got. We've got we've got Tim Trapper. Good to see you, Tim. A good friend of the show. We got Robert Larry, who's here as well. Hello, Robert and Kelly Ton, just as well. Hello, Kelly. You got Mr. Fritz, who's here as well. We've got fifth generation Carney Joseph with it. We've got Heather, who's here too. Nice to see you, Heather. Look at all the fantastic stuff. Just I'm excited that everyone is here joining me live for the recording of the show. And, uh, and, and thank you. And if you're enjoying this already, consider giving the video a like. Consider uh, on YouTube right now. Consider giving it a like, a thumbs up. And if you're listening on, on demand on your own accord, uh, whenever it's 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 convenient to you. Because I record live, but that you know, even if you can't make it live, I don't think less of you. I don't think you're you're a bad person. I don't think you're you're horrible. I'm like, look, what a busy schedule. That's absolutely fine if you can't watch the Mr. Warren Hayes show live. If you're watching it on your own corner, that's fine too. But leave a like, damn it. Um, and I just realized that the uh, for some reason, uh, I can't see. There's no uh, live chat right now, which is very strange. Live chat is not appearing on screen. Huh, that's very strange. Sorry for the dead air for a second there, but I didn't know. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Oh, well, no, we won't. We won't have. We, 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 you'll be able to still see the live chat for people who are here and they just won't have a live replay here on the video, but that's all right. That's okay. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Hmm. Unless it's here. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I figured it out. 
There we go. Figured it out. Smart tech guy who does who does live programming and still has barely it barely holds together. Yeah, you know, hold it all together using you know twine and fucking duct tape at some point. Anyway, thank you everyone for being here for watching and you you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, consider giving a like review over there. Yeah, I was reading that Spotify is going to be uh, uh, releasing star reviews. Uh, they're rolling that out. If you're listening to this on Spotify, so that'll be that, that's something that, <clears throat> that 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 will help as well. Get the word out there if you want to drop some star reviews. That kind of stuff is awesome. Thank you, thank you in advance. Thank you so much in advance for doing the thing. Um, but seriously, I appreciate everyone tuning in, joining, uh, uh, live whenever it's a, you know, I, I, I really do appreciate it. I also appreciate it if you'd head on over to belt That's your women's wrestling wire right there. B E double L T O B E double L E S dot com. Can also follow us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash belt or on Twitter at belt That's all. There's always some good stuff there. Always some good stuff ha- happening around them parts. Um, and uh, don't forget to also join me. There, we've got a Discord, right? The Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. Um, happy, and it's it's a community of people who enjoy chatting about professional wrestling amongst other people who would enjoy chatting about professional wrestling. Come, come hang out a little bit. Come check it out. The link's in the description and so on and so forth. Uh, we hope you can make it. Um, and, uh, that's fantastic. I also hope you can make it to the post stream as well. Uh, I do a post stream every Thursday. As soon as I'm done with the mainstream post stream for members only members, what members, members of the Mr. Warren Hayes show channel. Uh, they pop on over and then we, we, we sit around and we talk very, very intimately. We get to know each other. So very deeply and profoundly. I might be slightly exaggerating. We 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 don't we don't necessarily get to know each other that deeply, but nonetheless, um, you you I, I, that's what I do. I do on the the poster for that. And tonight we are going to be talking about AEW and uh, the Winter is Coming event. Of course, I'm going to be talking about it tonight, given my review. But then I want to hear from from you folks. From you guys and gals and non-binary pals, what did you think of um, of AEW Winter is Coming? If you want to come chat with me directly, other members of the Discord, other uh, other members of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, I mean, come and join us. It's fantastic. We take Discord calls. We do live chat. It's a great time. Come and join me tonight. Tonight. As soon as we're done here. And it's a great way to show some support for the show. Absolutely. Another great way to show some support from the show is uh, to uh, send us a super chat. And I will read said super chat live and on the air. And it will be recorded for all eternity, for posterity. Your name in, etched into the uh, into memory, into human consciousness. Okay. Right, right up until, you know, someone decides to delete all my... My platforms, you know, it's like, we're done with this Hayes guy. Let's get it. We're done. Hit the bricks, pal. And then, they, you know, I get erased from history, which is probably, you know, it's not something I'd want to happen to see happen. I don't want it to happen, you know, but 
I could see it happen. Hope everyone is uh, is ready. Oh, before we get into the weekly wrestling inspection per se, uh, two little things maybe to start off. First of all, um, this week it was uh, we learned that uh, Jimmy Rave, also known as James Guffey, uh, died earlier this week, um, just a few days after uh, turning 39 years old. Um, Jimmy Rave had had numerous... Um, Medical issues over the years had had numerous struggles with uh, substance abuse, abuse, uh, and uh, these things uh, led into him, uh, his left arm getting amputated Ooh, last November, yeah. um, and uh, MRSA uh, causing both of his legs to be amputated. Like it's his, it hasn't been an easy ride for a guy who has had quite a, a storied career on the independent circuit. Um, of course, working in Ring of Honor, CZ, CZW, um, NWA as well, NWA Wildside. Uh, he's, um, yeah, he's been pretty much uh, uh, all around. Uh, he's been pretty much all around the place and very well loved, well respected from uh, other members of his trade, other wrestlers uh, who had um, wonderful things to say about him. Uh, and on this unfortunate, tragic passing, uh, Jimmy Rave, 39 years old, um, uh, another another loss for the wrestling community. Um, and a um, another thing that I I'd just like to bring up here and uh, that you've probably heard about um, in regards to uh, referee Lando Del Toro, uh, who l- earlier this weekend was uh, refereeing a match at a world-class pro wrestling show uh, in uh, when he was uh, to be part of an angle with um, uh, with uh, Devon Nicholson, who probably a lot of you maybe know as Hannibal, which is the name, uh, his uh, the, the wrestling moni- moniker, excuse me, under which he, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he wrestles under. Um, Nicholson, uh, who was wrestling under a mask called Blood Hunter, and I'm, I think I'm, I might as well just read the article straight here off of uh, uh, the uh, the Observer here. Um, he had planned a spot with Del Toro, the referee, where the referee was to be bloodied up after a run-in following Nicholson's match with former WWE star Carlito. Instead, Nicholson lacerated him using what appeared to be a spike of some sort hitting his head repeatedly and tearing an artery in the process. Nicholson posted the video on his own YouTube channel, but later removed it. Uh, Del Toro shared an image of the bloody hospital bed, and that's it's pretty uh, it's pretty gripping, uh, that image. Uh, of course, you know, I, I'm not necessarily inviting you to seek them out there. It's very, very real. It's very uh, extremely gruesome stuff. Um and because it's all too very real, you know, the, the wounds that Del Toro took to his head, we there's been multiple images going around. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was stitched, he was, he got him, he got stitched up, was taken to the hospital. His, uh, Del Toro's daughter was in the, was in the audience as well, if you can believe that. Um, the promotion that is, uh, WCP 
WCPW announced Sunday that they will no longer use Nicholson and will do a benefit show in the future to help with Del Toro's medical bills. And uh, there's also been a GoFundMe that's open, which I invite you to uh, to contribute to as well. Um, charges have not been filed about uh, against Nicholson, and he has not addressed the matter on social media. Well, at the time of this, when this was writing, that this was written, excuse me, he had not addressed it, but he did later on. Um, he he did uh, he did address it. Uh, even when as uh, he even went as far as to say that he had. Uh, um, he had gone back to hospital. He got some kind of blood infection on top of all of that, right? And uh, not necessarily a uh, not necessarily something great to see, and you know, even even much less to experience. Uh, the things that get that get really really messed up here is that um, the uh, the um, here's the thing the when when everything happened and everyone went backstage afterwards um it was uh they 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 obviously called 911 but then the the bookers uh the bookers of the show actually told them like to they, they were trying to play the thing down and were asking you know, Del Toro to kayfabe the cops, essentially, believing that Nicholson hid the weapon because as long as the cops, uh, because as long as he told the cops that the third ref was supposed to blade himself, that was fine. And apparently there was a huge lack of sympathy from the bookers in regards to everything that happened. Now, the weird thing is the actual, actually the wild thing is that Hannibal uh, won a few years ago, won a $2.3 million lawsuit against Abdullah the Butcher after uh, he claimed to have contracted Hep C after a bloody match with, um, uh, after a bloody match with, uh, with Abdullah. So, you know, I, I think Del Toro in his Twitter statement put out at, uh, at that time earlier this week that, you know, there was no sign of Hep C, which was a good thing because, clearly, you know, Hannibal has it. What the fuck is he doing going around drawing blood on people? It doesn't, none of this makes sense to me. It's, it's, it's garbage. Just, it's just garbage. And we've heard about Hannibal previously. He's never been, he's never been a stand-up guy. He's never been, not the kind of wrestler that generates all that kind of good feelings and, and, and warm sentiments from, others in, in in his uh, in his entourage but mm, here's one thing here's one thing that uh that I would um that I would add here <coughs> excuse me here's one little thing that I would add here uh just to uh just to sort of um what's the word I'm looking for just to uh sort of uh, uh, make sure that that you know that we stay on on message and don't don't go off track too much right the uproar here is pretty simple, whether it was Hannibal or anyone else. I'm not a wrestler, but I've spoken enough to wrestlers in the past to know that one of the most basic precepts of what you do when you are a professional wrestler is to watch out for the safety of the other person you're wrestling. Because essentially, when you're wrestling, both of you are putting your 
well-being in each other's hands. And, uh, you know, of course, accidents happen, stuff happens, whatever. But generally, your idea is to look out for the other person because the other person is part of your trade. And, you know, you definitely understand that making sure that everyone can have a long, healthy career, is able to do what they need to do, avoid getting any serious injuries, that's good for everyone. It's good for the person you're wrestling against, it's good for you as well, because if if you start getting a reputation that you hurt people, you're just not going to get booked, and you're going to be injuring a whole bunch of people along the way, so no one's going to want you around, right? Now, the thing here is that this the, the referee, Del Toro, was essentially told he that he agreed to this angle, but I'm pretty sure not to this extent. And all signs point to Hannibal taking some liberties. There's some reports floating around that he may have been intoxicated. That's neither here nor there. Whether he was or not still doesn't change the fact that he went absolutely overboard and took liberties with that person's safety that should not have been taken. Of course, you have the weirdos who are defending him and saying that the referee didn't want it, shouldn't have been part of the angle because it was all part of an angle. It's an angle. It's an angle. Again, if the basic trust between two wrestling performers, even if it is a ref, is yours, I'm taking care of you, your safety, there's no point in doing it. You know, I, I saw a lot of people compare this for some wild reason to, uh, well, I, no, I understand why, but, you know, all it, it, the people who defend this stuff always have to seem to, they feel like they have to go back to that one moment where it happened before, right? That one instance that will give them precedent where they're able to say, yeah, well, it happened once before. So, so of course, we're talking about the mass transit incident with New Jack. And listen, Rest in peace, New Jack. I know he was he was well-liked. Uh, he was a disruptor. He was an innovator. But New Jack was out of line. And this is regardless of the fact uh, as to whether or not... Um, uh, as to whether or not his opponent was underage or not. Because there's all of that, you know, whether he lied to get into the ring, so on and so forth. That's here, neither here nor there. New Jack just lost it, went out of, and was out of control... And that's something that should not have happened. There's nothing to glorify there. That's not cool. Same thing. Whether it was a new kid or a veteran, shouldn't have done it. And whatever Hannibal did, he should not. He should not have done that either. It's not. It's not okay. It's not cool. This isn't fun lore. Hannibal is a piece of trash for what he did. An absolute piece of trash. Wrestlers always tell me, you never let other wrestlers gig you, uh, blade you, right? You, ne you never let them do that. You're always supposed to do it yourself. Unless you're absolutely, 100% in complete confidence of that person. But you're not supposed to let someone else do it. That was awful. Just some awful shit. Didn't need that. If you can um, uh, uh, donate to Del Toro's uh, to Del Toro's uh, GoFundMe, 
uh, please go right ahead. Um, he is recovering. He seems to be doing all right. He had to go back to hospital. Um, but uh, a torn artery, man, that is no joke. That is uh, that is no joke. Absolutely not. But if you can, it's the holidays. I think we can find we can find it in our hearts, can we? Sure, we can. Just like we can find it in our hearts to move on to the weekly wrestling inspection. Well, now, now that we've uh, let's let's get into let's get into the 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 the, the subject matter at hand, and again this week. I posited the question upon 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 the uh, the grateful the, the, no not the grateful people but the people that I am grateful for the live viewing audience of the Mister Warren Asia and I asked them what would you like Warren to start talking about with tonight before I do I'd like to say hello <laughs> to a couple of people who jumped in the chat DGMC who's here nice to see you DGMC. We've also got uh, Motown Slim. Nice to see you. Welcome to the chat as well. And our boy Mr. Fretz left a super chat. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. He says, bold prediction. Warren has a Merry Christmas. Oh, that you're bringing back the bold predictions. That's that's a meme from another from another era, right? But yeah, no, absolutely. I I am. You know, here's the thing. It's been, what, two years, right, since we've been in lockdown, uh, in isolation, can't see any, can't see anyone, and so on and so forth. So, I haven't had, like, a proper Christmas celebration with, uh, with family uh, in, in a, what, like, two years now at this point. And, uh, you know, I'm. I, I I miss my mother, miss you know seeing you know all my family, my aunts, and so on. So this year we're not doing something huge because where I live in the province of Quebec, they're all clamping down again, and they're saying, okay, well you can have Christmas gatherings, but not more than ten people. So I'm like, okay, look, we'll work this out. But at the very least, you know, I'm taking my kids, we're going to my mother's, and I'm going to be cooking all day. I'm going to be cooking a wonderful turkey, turkey. Uh, 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 sides, of course, there's going to be stuffing, but you know what I do with my turkey? And here, it's super basic, but sometimes the base, the most basic tricks are the best, right? And I don't know if y'all are 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 looking to 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 cook your own birds this year, but put adding stuffing in a turkey actually helps dry out. Your turkey. I don't know if you knew this. I, I think it's pretty fairly common knowledge, right? I don't think I'm, I, I don't think I'm, 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 I'm revolutionizing anything here. But it, 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 it dries out the bird a little, uh, a little uh, quicker because you know the stuffing is essentially bread, and bread uh, soaks up moisture. So it, uh, it contributes to maybe not, if not drying out, not providing you with a turkey experience of pleasure and moistness okay um i i i slice up oranges i slice up oranges whole oranges rind and everything and i just 
and then just, just shove it right in there. Just ram it. Just like that. You got take that turkey. Right in there, turkey. <laughs> but I do. Whole oranges, you cut them in quarters, and you stuff your turkey with them. It creates uh, a little more steam, more moisture, and a nice little zesty aroma. It gives a, it gives a nice zesty aroma to your turkey as you're sitting down. You're like, mmm, oh, mmm. Oranges. Trust me. Trust me on that. I know some people do lemons, and lemons are all right, but they're you know they're they're not quite as sweet, not as tangy. You know, they're it's acid. You know, the acidity is a little high on lemons. I find you know, personally, I like a nice orange, especially for you know your turkey. You cook it for four, five, six, seven hours, depending on the size of your turkey, right? I don't think anyone should really be afraid to cook a turkey anyway. There's like this stigma over turkey, turkey cooking. Anyway. Oranges. Let's start talking about, well, look, okay. So basically the audience chose for me to start talking about AW Winter is Coming Review. That's what we are launching the show off with tonight, but um, the um, here's the thing is like, I, I there, there's I, I'm gonna start by talking about right, like, I never feel good jumping into dynamite without having talked about rampage first, so I'm just gonna make it like a quick aside. I'm still gonna respect your wishes, folks. We're gonna do, but we're, we're gonna do like the AEW thing, like in one fell swoop, Woo! just like that. Justin Firestein, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Um, so let's start with last week's rampage. The Lucha Brothers defeated FTR to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles. Uh, good stuff. I thought this was, I thought this was another good show, uh, showing by both teams. I think they're fantastic. The, I, but there's a, there's 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 something just missing in the chemistry between FTR and uh and the Lucha Bros there's just something that doesn't entirely click just uh, there, and I can't I can't put my finger on it of course cuz I'm not I'm neither Cash nor Dax nor Penta nor Rey but there there's there's just a little something there that I feel prevents them from really hitting the next level. It's strange like that. I, I like I said, I can't quite put my finger on it. But fun match, a uh, great, uh, you know, one of these hot AEW opening matches. That's exactly what it was. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for playing. Good time was had by all. Um, then we had a six-man, six-woman tag team match between Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny, uh, and Ruby Soho, and TJ, which was all right. It was all right. It, it was fine. Yeah, look, the uh, the purpose here, of course, 
was to perpetuate the story of the uh, of the AEW uh, the TBS title tournament. Nyla Rose, Ruby Soho are both in the uh, are both in the semifinals. They're in the final four alongside Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill. Uh, I liked it. I thought I you know I thought I thought on that front it's it's good. Let the let them let them get into these instances where they have to fight each other, right? Just let them go after each other. I'm cool with that. Make that happen. But uh, holy smokes, holy smokes! I don't know. I don't know. Wasn't quite. It didn't. It 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 didn't uh, break uh, break the mold. I think it was a it, it was a solid match. Like there was nothing particularly wrong with it. I don't know. I'm excited to see Nyla and Ruby go one-on-one. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, then we had a uh, Adam Cole defeating Wheeler Yuta. Still continuing this feud between Adam Cole and uh, uh, the um, Orange Cassidy. You know, or at least, you know, the, the super click and the best friends. I like that. Yeah. I like the I like these matches. I I like this little setup that they have going between all of these people, uh, everyone in the in the super click and the, or the super elite. I don't know what they call themselves anymore. I really don't. And uh, and the uh, the best friends, you know, I like the best friends. I like the best friends because you know you know what they look like. It, this is exactly what they are. They're just this mismatch mismatched group of you know high school friends that's what they are where they you know you have all sorts of and they 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 just they all get together they just get along you're not quite sure why they don't seem to share like a common there's no common thread you know there's not like oh uh you know they're all jocks or oh they all like uh scorsese movies or oh uh they all listen to classical music you know, or they, you know, or they perform. You know, they're 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 in the band. They're 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 in the school band or whatever. The marching band is what I was trying to say. Words tonight, Warren. I need more coffee. I like it. That's a good example in the chat. The the Goonies. That's pretty much it. And I like it. And it's a good dynamic. I'm glad Trent is back. This was all good. Fun fun little main event. Little short, but that was fine. I liked it. I was fine, and I don't think. And then nothing else of value happened on Rampage. That was all for Rampage. A, uh, an edition of Rampage where nothing else happened. It just that's it. We got those uh, those matches there, and uh, and that's the thing. That was done. Oh no! I'm joking! It was the debut of Hook! Hook! Finally! After eons of anticipation, after, after the internet working itself up into a frenzy in front of Hook! It was finally time. Everyone lost their mind. Everyone lost their mind. 
uh, last Wednesday when it was announced that he was finally going to get his opening, his first match. Everyone lost their shit. Everyone tuned in. The, the internet just lost it. Was They were completely out of control. So what happens? He has his match against Fuego Del Sol. He wins. Now, I enjoy... I. It's like I was talking about last week. You know, there, there's sour pooses out there. It's just the sour poos. And just go... I don't get the hook. I do not understand the hook. I don't know why everyone is so up in the bird about hook. And you know who you are. Hook. Everyone is screaming hook and I don't understand. Never seen him wrestle while he's so excited. And that's the part of it. This is the fun of it. He's got, he, he looks special. Looks like the part. And everyone just sort of latched onto it. Look, he's a handsome young man. We're, we're, you know, straight out the gate. Let's not let's not pull any punches here. Good looking guy, fit as hell, super young, looks the part. Looks like he could beat you up. He could beat me up. Could probably beat you up. You know, you sour poos. And then get hook. <laughs> the point here is that you could either. If you didn't care about it, that's fine, and that and I completely understand why. If you were like, "This is overboard. This is too much," I complete I completely get it, because you know some people really leaned in hard to the meme. But I really saw it as that. I still see it as a meme. The whole hook thing, send hook and all that. It's a meme. And but but I appreciate everyone who just sort of like stood back and let people enjoy it instead of. Instead of just like going in and you're going to get your meme, man. You know, I appreciate that because it's you can let people just enjoy things that you don't. That's fine. And you can go over in this corner and enjoy and not enjoy that same thing with other people who probably don't enjoy it just as much as you do. Eh, that's OK. And that was the point about Friday. Just something extremely organic that that came to a head. That's that's what it was. No one in AEW was hard pushing Hook in the lead up to this. He just picked up a following online, very vocal, very excitable. And uh, Tony Khan is like, okay, well, we're pulling the trigger on it. Everyone, everyone lost their shit. It was fun. It was just fun. Now, the kid can wrestle. The kid the kid can absolutely wrestle. And I loved Taz on commentary sitting there calling all of the moves of his kid, right? And but calling all the moves all the judo moves or whatever like it, using the very very precise, you know, Japanese appellations to make and to really make it sound like Hook was like the next coming of Luthez, you know, it's like a technical mastermind of wrestling, you know, where he's like, and I'm going to make shit up here, of course, but Taz is like, oh, and he drug him down into the Ichi commercial, you know, oh, great application of the uh, Argar Chigagwak, you know, and I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, these are things that I've never heard of. Probably like if I was... If I was more uh, um, 
if I was more schooled in um, martial arts and uh, um, uh, amateur wrestling, I'd I'd probably be like, yeah, he's absolutely right. That's what it is. But I mean, I I'm not gonna sit here and pretend. And I know the I know the the very precise scientific moves of you know martial arts moves. You know, I call moves like Falcon Arrow. I'm not going to start talking about Ochiga Markovs or whatever. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. So is Hook the next coming of... Uh, is he the man who's going to save pro wrestling? Probably. I don't know. Probably not. And I didn't expect him to start down this path of uh, of rampaging greatness on Friday he had a nice little match with Fuego del Sol who sold like a madman to make Hook look good and that's that's perfectly fine that's what he was supposed to do that was his job before the night that's it's all fine you know it's all good I don't know I have zero problems with anything that happened I I wouldn't equate my enthusiasm of watching Hook wrestle to me then go to a, a, a um, an endorsement that he is the greatest wrestler out there right now and that he's going to save pro wrestling or something like, you know, the, the hyperbole that came from the other side, from the, you know, the Sarapooses, you know, Sarapoose, was like, he, he just did a couple of moves, a couple of throws against a jabroni that made him look good. And yes, that's fine. That's fine. I can enjoy, I can enjoy pro wrestling for what it is. I don't have to sit down and dig in and analyze into everything that's being done. I know what's being done. And I still was entertained. I think the kid has presence. He has an unnatural level of charisma. And, uh, and, and, he, and he can go. He can do takedowns. He can set you up in very, very snug submissions. Sure, there was a couple of moments where he's sort of like standing around and he's, you know, he's looking for his positioning and it's his first TV match. You know, it's like, of course, it's not going to be perfect. It's fine. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But I, at this point, I'm excited to see how he develops. This is what's exciting now. That that's what's exciting for me now. It's like now let's see how Hook grows and becomes a better wrestler. That's what I'm excited for. Very, very much excited for that. That was Rampage. Before we move on to uh uh uh, uh before we move on to uh, Winter is coming, I want to say that our friend Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. And he said, I must say, this Spider-Man costume is comfy AF. Our boy Anakin let, let some drop some pictures in the Discord and was saying that he uh he he was going to see and has seen at this point Spider-Man No Way Home. And he went in full costume, like the bodysuit. He had put two options. He made his vote decide for him. In the uh, in the uh, in the uh, the in the Discord, two Spider-Man different Spider-Man costumes, like one which was just like a top, and the other one was like the full costume. 
And I, I think it's awesome because he's already he already has two Spider-Man costumes more than I do. And uh <laughs> and he um and, and we were all unanimous. It was like bodysuit, man. The full the full Spidey experience, of course. It's, it's comfy, and I'm glad it's comfy on top of that. And sometimes the those shit costumes can't breathe, man. You get you get instantly sweaty and you start to chafe. It's just awful. If you want to come join us after on the on the uh, membership side, if you want to come join us on the post stream, become a member. And Anakin has promised us a spoiler-free review of No Way Home. And it better be spoiler-free because I will not stand for any revelations on my watch. Winter is coming. Well, it came and... Oh boy, did it ever. Show opened up with with the title match in which AEW World Heavyweight Champion, no, there's no heavyweight, World Champion, uh, Hangman Adam Page successfully retained his title against Brian Danielson via time limit draw. That's right. They went the full hour. And I, to a degree, I feel we should have seen it coming. Starting off the show like that. But me, my first thought was, oh, that means there's something big for the finish. Like, like they're doing something big to end the show. You know, these debuts that, uh, uh, these debuts that uh, Tony Khan had been talking about and so on and so forth. You know, so I'm like, okay. Hmm. But no, we we should have all been prepared at that point. It was like, no, we're going to give you the hour so that you have full time without any constraints, without any risk of any segment previous to the show going over so that we don't have to cut time on, on stuff. This is important. This is the centerpiece. They started it off. And Danielson... Going off, starting, you know, trying to to establish control from the get go, right? Keeping a slow pace, using using the rules to piss off to piss off Page, right? You know, I have till five, you know, going into the going into the ropes to prevent Page from doing anything, just just to tick him off, get into his head. I love how smug Daniel Bryan is, or Bryan Danielson is, in. In this incarnation that he has right now, in this vision that he is the greatest wrestler alive, that he, he, no one can take him down and he can break anyone he pleases. I love how smug he is and how pleased he was with himself. And I love how Paige, at some point, he figured it out. He was like, look, I see what you're doing here, pal. He says, I can see you coming, so I'm gonna I'm so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna dodge out of this move that you're doing and, and and then get a bit of an advantage. And then Danielson's like, oh shit, okay. I gotta I gotta regroup, I gotta rethink my strat here. We got a glorious hour of professional wrestling, folks. And, and there, there's only you can only put it that way. It was a glorious hour of pro wrestling. 
All sorts of stuff happened. You had Danielson lock in a nice Romero special on Hangman. He did this great setup at some point where he grapevines Paige's legs and and th- and then he sort of he's and then he's he's got he's got Paige on his back and he's grapevining the legs and he's sort of over him in a mount position and he's just delivering body shots. And you're like, this looks awesome. This looks real. This looks painful. It look it it looks like they want to hurt each other. It looks like Daniel Bryan is looking to just punch a hole through him. Oihara moonsault by Paige. Of course, that happens. The pop up bo- power bomb spot got me. I I was sure like they suckered me on that one. Popped out of my seat. Paige at some point gets busted open when he, his head gets rammed uh into the uh into the uh uh the post we go to commercial the guys rest a bit you know Paige is on the floor getting attended to attended to and then um <laughs> Danielson was doing these jumping jacks right and these these little asinine little low effort zero impact little jumping Jackson and it was so wonderfully heelish you know just like oh you little bastard and as we come back from commercial Danielson is right back on him drives a knee to the floor keeping Paige from getting back in pummels him some more Danielson then works the injuries right he's working the injury he works the the forehead Paige finally gets to fight back, hits a fire, gets a figure four locked in, and there's more and more back and forth in these moves as we start getting into the final third. And again, it's the little things in this match that 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 made it that made it work so well. Because look, when I thought when when Paige started bleeding, I was like, oh, there you go, Paige is gonna win. More that, that I, I was like, I to me this was a sign it's like okay they're really putting page through the ringer here they're making them like push through everything that danielson throws at him so okay well my head hurts and and he's gonna work at it and that's the thing but uh there's more back and forth like i said <clears throat> this is a great spot where you guys know one of my pet peeves in wrestling one of my one of my pet peeves, as far as moves go, is when one guy has uh, is on is on his back and he locks like a kimura or a, like a maybe not a kimura, but he locks in a, a um, uh, he locks in the head, right? He just you know some kind of headlock, and the other guy's been and so the guy you know lifts the guy from the floor and power bombs him and I'm like we. It you know now it's old hat. It, it's it's a pet peeve. I don't want to see that for a while. You know it's like I, I'm good with this. I don't want to see this for a while. So they did that spot, and Hangman is lifting Brian Danielson who has, who has him locked in, but he and he drops Danielson, but Danielson holds on instead of you know going Meh. and he holds on and instead starts driving elbows into Paige's head, which I thought was fantastic. 
just these little near things. They got me again on a uh, on a, a tombstone near fall. Danielson did a regalplex, dead eye by Paige on the apron. He at some point he flies off uh, he flies off the ring onto the floor right on top of a table. This is good stuff. DDT on the exposed cement by Danielson. Hangman lands on his feet after a uh, after an avalanche super slam and hits a rolling lariat that takes Danielson down. And it's just vicious and strong. And Danielson starts to do the the kicking his head spot. And 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 a little shortly thereafter, Paige is like, "I'm gonna do it too." And he starts doing that as well. He even hits a surprise dead eye on Danielson. Can put him away. Match comes to to an end when finally we get some rolling elbows. We get a rolling lariat. Uh, Paige is able to hit the buckshot lariat, but can't make it in time to cover Danielson as the 60 minutes hit. And I was like, God damn. I Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic wrestling match. For a TV match, for a pay-per-view match, I don't care. This was a gr great Great wrestling match right there. Now we got an exciting and full of job. Psychology, you know how you often hear, oh, you know, the psychology in this match is so good. Or, you know, psychology will be used as this ambiguous reason to like, oh, why I didn't like this match. I thought the psychology was off or why I liked it so much. Here, though, it was perfect. Pinpoint. Everything in this match made sense. Everything made sense from the competitors, what they were doing, the offense they were putting in. Everything worked. Everything. I was so happy when this match was over. It is one of those wrestling matches that I just think about it and I'm like, this is why I love pro wrestling. When pro wrestling is good, it is great. This was phenomenal stuff and I'm gonna tell you and this is the great thing this is there was no point there was not a point in this match where I felt they what's the word I'm looking for um um revealed um um, um, um telegraphed where I feel that the ending was telegraphed they started up the match slow and you're like, oh, they're giving them time. But at no point did you think that this was going to go the distance. I got suckered in a couple of times during this match. When Paige started to bleed, I was like, Paige is winning this. Like if au contraire, there were some of the usual tropes that were used there as red herrings, as we slowly but surely and excitedly got to the finale that we wanted well that we got let's put it that way because whether or not it was the finale we wanted that of course is up for debate some people are absolutely okay with it some people are absolutely pissed off at it now I'm going to set this out here i'm gonna i'm just gonna throw this out here which is very simply i think i really do think there is a clear 
mark in the sand in these types of situations when that that indicate excuse me that indicate whether or not you have exclusively watched contemporary world wrestling entertainment or not i really do because i think this is one of these matches that 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 shoves it home because in vince's world a dq finish a non-finish i don't even remember the last time they did a time limit draw i really don't because there you know people keep telling me there are no time draw there are no time limits in wwe so it's like okay well so there's always there's always supposed to be a winner then anyway um in vince's world non-finishes have been brought to the point of ridicule where you're like what does it serve what is the purpose and ultimately it's usually very often more often than not nothing there's nothing else that comes out of it it's just like we had to protect everyone this is how we go aw has a clear tangible history that you can point at and look and go there 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 where no one where matches finish excuse me where matches finish with a clear winner there is more of that in AEW than anything else and all of these matches despite the fact whether you know in, in these storylines they always develop into something else there's always more to come out of these matches as it stands right now if i if i sit down and i look at a 60 minute time limit draw and i am entertained from a to z and you got me by the edge of my seat wondering what the hell is going to happen next looking at these two guys work their asses off i'm not going to complain I'm not going to complain, not unless everything is sort of forgotten or retconned or um, or that it doesn't lead to something more interesting. You know what I mean? And as it stands, again, right now, AEW has shown us that they're capable of doing some mid to long term storytelling fairly easily. So I don't see why I would be worried all that much if I were to, uh, I, w I wouldn't be all that worried, honestly. Wouldn't be all that worried. Because I do think this is leading to another encounter. And I wouldn't see why not, because history in AEW has proven to us that this is the kind of situation they set us up for. I don't have a problem with it. My nitpick, if you want me to get nitpicky though. And, and this is, this is something that, this is also something that I'm like, um, th that I see both sides of, of the argument here. It is a little strange that the, it was decided that Hangman Page's first defense, his first defense uh, on of the title, was not going to end 
with him having a decisive victory. And and that's a little strange, right? But it did give us all sorts of questions moving forward. Like even leading up to it, it's like, is Hangman going to retain? Is Hangman going to lose? I had people telling me, Hangman's going to lose. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I had people telling me, of course, Hangman's retaining. I'm like, of course, that makes sense. And people start to, I bet you they go to a draw. And I'm like, why would they go to a draw? And it's like, I get it. It's it, it's a weird, it's a weird way to approach it. But I also think that it kind of works into, you know, the anxiety millennial cowboy thing, anxious millennial cowboy thing, not anxiety, um, where she's like, well, set a seed of, of self-doubt a little bit. Maybe, you know, not quite sure to put the big guy away. You can also look at this on the other, on the other side of the spectrum here. You can look at what this match establishes if you want to take the time to think about this stuff. Brian Danielson, since he has arrived in AEW, has been positioned as the best wrestler in the company. That hasn't won a title. But that's exactly what they're doing with him. He wrestled 30 minutes to a draw against the world champion, a guy who many consider to be the best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega. 30 minutes. Omega couldn't put him away. He couldn't put Omega away either. But... Look, he's on that level. So what does that mean for Adam Page here? Adam Page went one hour with the guy who went 30 minutes with the invincible Kenny Omega, which, yeah, sure, which Adam Page finally got the best of, absolutely. But his first challenger out the gate was the guy who couldn't put Omega away, and Omega couldn't put away either, and on top of that, he went twice as long as Omega did. What is that sort of starting to establish here? That Hangman Page is on another level than Kenny Omega is right now. Went twice as long with the guy that Omega couldn't put away. Couldn't put him away himself, but he could hang with him. And that's... That's uh, uh, meaningful. That's still meaningful. We're not done yet with this. And that's the good thing. And I think, I think Tony Khan knew this ahead of time. He was like, we're going to give them this. And when we come back to this match, people are going to go nuts for it. And why wouldn't you? That's kind of like, it makes sense to me. And it, when you're in a sporting environment of pro wrestling, like AEW is supposed to be, where time limits are part of the game, where time limits are a thing, and can and can directly impact match outcomes, like it is the case in Japan quite a bit, I kind of prefer that. I think moving forward... I think AEW should even focus more on the time limits in the matches. Like, just underscoring 
you know, a little heavier handed than they are now. Not be so dismissive about it. It's like, so that when it does happen, we're all, you know, we're all privy to the fact that, well, we knew going into this 60 minute time limit draw, 30 minute whenever. I don't know. Maybe it's the old school in me. Maybe it's, I, I couldn't tell you. But this kind of stuff doesn't bother me because it's done very well. And because we're in an environment where stories do seem to matter and make sense and we're able to, to, to make good moving forward. So I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people would have been miserable in the era of the WCW television title. It was like the... There were 15 minutes. And you would often get time limit draws. It would have been miserable. Let's keep moving. Anyway, it was a great match. Hikaru Shida defeated Serena Deeb in their third encounter. Their th the third time that they get that they fight each other, Shida gets the uh, gets the upper hand here. Gets the um, wins the rubber match essentially. Right? I thought this was a great. Uh, I thought this was a great match, and I mean they go right after each other, right? And it's like. Literally, like Aubrey is in the middle and she's pushing them apart. She's like, ladies, let we're gonna do this right. Let me ring the bell. I gotta do my job, you know. And that was like that's just awesome. And Deep goes right for the knee, right? Starts grapevining it around the post. And my god, Deeb is so fucking sound. Like she is pinpoint precise in everything she does. And I look, I don't know. I think it was during a picture in picture moment. And I don't know if this was a um if this was a uh uh, uh an homage. I don't know how, you know, how clear cut it was supposed to be, but at some point Deeb hits a snapmare, but like a Bret Hart snapmare. She and then she stands back up and then she twists, you know, the tip of her boot on Deeb's forehead, which is another hitman thing so i'm like she's leaning into it everyone who's calling her bret hart she's leaning into it and she's not hiding where her inspirations are no woman right now on the aw roster wrestles like serena deeb does no one she is too good at what she does she is absolutely fantastic and she does great too she hits a pinpoint Enziguri right on Deeb's face. Like perfect boot placement. I love the swinging pair, swinging pair of neck breakers by Deeb. She does two, goes for a third one, gets reversed into a falcon arrow by, by Sheeta. And you know, Deeb tries to cut corners. She takes the turnbuckle off the off the top rope and um and then um she Deeb ends up hitting her 
her forehead on the turnbuckle, and Sheeta gets a a sneak win, a quick a quick smart win. S- Some people will call it a smart win, but others like I, Serena Deeb fans, we're gonna call it a sneaky win. But it was great. It was great. And we were talking about this in the Discord today. By the way, y'all should join. Jason PS3, good to see you, by the way. Welcome to the chat. You should join the Discord because we talk about all sorts of things. And one of the things that a couple of us were talking about was, I think someone said, you know, I liked this match, but not as much as their second match, right? And I'm like, isn't this fantastic? Isn't this great that we're sitting here and we've got, we had three fantastic matches by three super talented performers uh, who have incredible chemistry with with each other, which has to be underscored. And we're just sitting here and we're saying, you know what? I didn't like this one as much as, as much as that one, but like they're all good matches. And we're all just like nitpicking at what we preferred because this, this, but none of us are saying this match stunk. They were all great matches. Like, it's kind of like when we talk about Okada Tanahashi matches. You know, that Wrestle Kingdom leg match is like, you know, usually the penultimate Okada Tanahashi match, but then they'll meet in other matches also, you know, all the time outside. It might not be as great as that one, might not be the, as great as the one that they, you know, and I'm making stuff up, you know, and Dominion in 2017 or whatever. But they're still good matches. And, you know, you're sort of like, and that's what you do in your reviews. You're sort of like, look, we know Okada and Tanahashi can have greater matches than this, but this was great. This was good. This was a lot of fun. Not as great as their great matches, but it's still a good match. And this is kind of how I felt talking about it. And you know what? That felt good. That felt good. It felt good to sit down and just look at two women perform and not feel and not feel that you have to sort of grade on a curve or that you sort of have to be, well, you know, this was a good wrestling match, again, from these two women who can wrestle so, so well together. Just fantastic stuff. Now, again, this is what I'm going to push here once again is that we we should be getting more women's matches on a weekly basis on the on the main shows because these there are more women who can go like this on that roster and people get excited for these matches now they just get excited there's a reason why they put Sheeta and Deep 3 on this on this card here because they needed a good solid feud that they could just and there's another thing for the women's division. A few that you can just like pop out of nowhere and be like, look, remember, these two hate each other, remember? And they cut a couple of promos and that's it. It's like, yeah, we know they hate each other and it's awesome because then they, they they wrestle great matches against each other because they don't wrestle like anyone else. We need that variety. We need more of that. More women's matches. And the only way your women are going to evolve and change and improve and become better on television, AEW, my guy, is by putting them on TV, by making them feel important. I know they get time on Dark, and I appreciate that. On Dark, on Dark Elevation, that's great. But I, we still know because we hear the comments, we hear the commentary, we hear the people talking. 
it, it's not taken as seriously as if it's put on the main cards. And you know this, AEW, you know this. You know that if the, the things that you take seriously, that you want people to really get into, you put on your flagship shows. Of course, that's how it goes. Just do it. Just do it. You have the talent. The AEW women's roster has never been this solid. It's never been this good. It's never been this compelling with all sorts of levels of, 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 of readiness and talent and a variety of, uh, of, of wrestling styles in there as well. It's not just all women doing tornado DDTs all the time. This is great. Lean into it. Make it happen. Make it grow. Well, look, I'm thrilled that Brody King is going to be uh, allegedly, right? Allegedly, allegedly. He's apparently, reportedly signing with AEW, right? With the Malachi Black stuff that we saw. But, and, and that's great because Brody King is amazing. But there are so many women still out there. So many women that you showcase on Dark. That, when you, that you bring to the local shows to have them have enhancement matches you had marina shafir this week you had marina shafir this week on dark have a, a particularly competitive match with chris statlander and it ruled it ruled bring them in bring them in come on let's do it the you've got the tiered level just give us give us another 10 minute match of, of women per week i don't need to hear cm punk and 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 mjf cut promos on each other i don't i don't we've already had close to an hour uh, we, like for something like 50 minutes of promo time between the two up until this point we're good we're good that that's not a, that's a very lopsided ratio bring in the women have them wrestle let them wrestle. You let Ty wrestle and look how good she's become. Bring Shafir. Shafir had, I thought, a signature worthy performance. Can I, can, is it okay if I sort of, if I sort of sidebar here on Marina Shafir? Because of course it's okay if, I'm, if I can sidebar. It's my fucking show. I'm going to do what I want. Marina Shafir was one of these women that Every time you've heard reports coming out from the news outlets about Marina Shafir and the PC, you would hear all the time, she's not ready, she's not ready, she's not ready. Fuck off. She's been ready for such a long time and you had proof this Tuesday. Or was it or Monday? I don't remember when, which day it was. I think it was Tuesday. I think it was on Dark Dark, not Dark Elevation. She was ready. She has been ready. She's just been released from the shackles of a wrestling company that was telling her, look, all of your natural strengths, we don't want you to use them. We want you to wrestle this way. MMA background, shoot background, uh, whatever. We don't want you. My God, I gotta. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for the subscription. <laughs> Talk about interrupting Iran. Unigum evil. Thank you very much for the subscription. <laughs> I got shocked at my own at my own notifications. No, but but she was fantastic. 
that's the point. And if AEW made some made some solid plays with its women's division when it started, some of them didn't pan out for a bunch of reasons, and 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 COVID happened, and that you know made made it even worse. And you had some talent that was clearly developmental, and there was some talent that was you thought maybe was ready for prime time, but wasn't quite there yet. And I think all of those kinks have been worked out. I think you still have some great developmental talent, some great people who are getting themselves over, uh, and uh, and the talent that you wanted to bank on two years ago, you are banking on them today. Like Britt Baker, for instance, like Nyla Rose, talent who weren't quite there yet, but have leaned into their roles and are fantastic to watch today. Bring in people who can supplement that, that can complement that. And, and you see it all the time. You see Marina Shafir, just a fantastic showing, absolutely fantastic showing. The, I, I guess this is my bi-weekly AEW put your women on TV more often. I guess that's what this rant is turning out to be. Despite the shocking subscription to the YouTube channel. <laughs> I was like, something crashed. <laughs> oh, I love wrestling and I love women's wrestling on top of that. I just, you know, I want I want the equal playing field. That's all I want. That's really all I want. And the only way we're going to get there, folks, is if uh, if the women are perceived as big deals if the women are perceived as big deals if the women's division is perceived as a big deal uh your audience is going to follow that's just that's it's it's math i think that's what math is i'm i'm i don't know i'm an english major i want to say hello hey conrad of everything pro wrestling is here thank you very much and pete davies is here too <sighs> There was also some there were there were some happenings right on the show. Adam Cole sort of teasing that there's a present, you know, and, and then I, Kyle O'Reilly on social media going, "What's in the box?" You know, and you're like, "Okay, guys, all right, okay, all right, we're we're reuniting this trio." And do we really call them the undisputed? Like, is it like I get that this is that the undisputed era is probably what gave them prominence, right? But it's like I've mentioned before, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, especially Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, like that, you know, they're they're. Well, look, I, I'm not going to get bent out of shape too much because you know, in my opinion, a the lore of AEW is the lore of wrestling, right? So if these guys come in with the baggage that they've been allies, you know, together since Ring of Honor and through New Japan and whatever and into NXT. Well, that's that's just the way it's going to go, right? That's that's just the way it's going to be. Um you're just going to set everything up. Uh you're just going to set everything up like that to um uh to get um to 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 get these guys back together because people are used to seeing them together because they have this long history. So it's not just a WWE NXT thing. You know, it's not just it's it's really the lore of wrestling and even if it was just that it doesn't really matter it really doesn't matter i much prefer 
to a certain degree that AEW leans into leans into the history that these people have together as opposed to working vehemently that they that they never that they that they never speak of it again, you know, kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. Um we also had some um some nonsense between uh Griff Garrison and uh Brian Pillman Jr., who are started started getting pissy over the fact that Malachi Black is coming after them and that he spat on spat the mist onto um Julia Hart. Now, you know, Julia Hart wasn't there, you know, and she's you know, she's not around and you know, like Griff is sort of like, Brian, you haven't been checking on her. And Brian's like, I lost my phone, man. I tweeted about it last week. He, he didn't say that. That's my joke. Because he did say that he lost his phone and his girlfriend. I'm not making fun of his relationship status. I'm making... The phone was funny, though. Even though it sucks. It's still... You know, um, And... um. Yeah, so they, they're all getting mad at each other. It's like, where were you? And what were you doing? And now Griff is going to be... Griff Garrison's going to be fighting Malachi Black next week. And Malachi Black had a vignette where he was teasing a new member of the House of Black and says, now you are more than a king. And everyone's like, it's Brody King. And then he starts hearing reports that Brody King is allegedly signed with AEW. I'm, I'm really... Ha- like, Brody King... Brody King is a good value for... AEW because as opposed to maybe some other recent acquisitions from the con um Brody King looks special he's big tattooed looks like a be- like he doesn't look like anyone else on the roster he is going to stand out he's a huge guy athletic guy looks like a million dollars some other people that were picked up recently, like, you know, not that they're not talented, not that they're not good at what they do, but it's like, it, it they, they sort of fall into, into a mold here where you're like, look, there's, you've already got tons of dudes like this that you don't know what to do with. Um, it's good stuff. And so I'm excited to see Brody King, if it is going to be Brody King, probably going to pop up next week and, you know, and then he and Malachi Black are just going to annihilate the Varsity Squad, Varsity Blondes. That's, you know, I think that's destiny at this point. Uh, And we had the, um, we also had the uh, main event, which was, um, which was uh, Dante Martin versus MJF, which I thought was fine. I thought, like, nothing, nothing that blew my mind, really. Um, nothing that really tore the house down. I thought it was all right. Um, I think it was kind of one of those, um, here's the thing is like our, our, our boy, um, our boy Dante is absolutely fantastic, right? He's absolutely amazing, but you can tell that he still has, he, he still has a little polishing off left. He's not a finished product, and that's all right. At his age, I'm pretty sure he 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 looks to me like he's the guy who has that humility about him to be like, like to realize, oh, yeah, I'm not. 
because he overshoots things like he flies the, the boy can fly and he legitimately flies like he it's not like oh you know he jumps high into the air no this guy flies all right this, we we i have seen a man fly okay okay <laughs> um But yeah, no, but but it was all right. It was it it was fine, it, it, it was fine. And uh, MJF uh, got the salt of the earth submission to 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 finish this off. And after the match, uh, there was a, a beat down with uh, FTR, and then CM Punk came in. Darby Allen and Sting appeared. Maybe not in that order. <coughs> CM Punk wearing a um, a pro choice T shirt in Texas, which I thought was amazing hella ballsy on his part good for him uh no i love it i thought it, i thought it was very very i thought it was very good very good uh post match setting up the 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 six man that's eh, fine it's fine you know now we're going to tease mjf and and punk going at it which is fine cut the fucking promos you said all the junk you had to say about each other i don't know what you could add anything like i don't think it could be any more interesting at this point uh, I think we're good. Oh, and Wardlow got his squash on my Matt Seidel. And I like how annoying Sean Spears is here because now you're just like, kick his ass, Wardlow. Get rid of him. There's so much baggage here weighing you down, Wardlow. Just, and I like this triple power bomb thing where it's like, I'm going to finish you proper. And Sean Spears is like, no, pin him. You already got him. And Wardlow like, you i like this i like the slow turn of uh of wardlow that keeps continuing i like it that was um what was the name of the show winter is coming <laughs> i'm being facetious i thought it was look um it's a you come for danielson come for Paige danielson stay for uh Sheeta Deeb, three. That's my, that's my overall recommendation. Good show, fun show. I like I like fun things. Did y'all hear that Kevin Owens has re-signed with WWE after many many speculatives. All of these uh, speculations from everyone everywhere, and not to mention, uh, come on, guys, let's be honest with each other here. A lot of people working themselves into a shoot here, right? For being, for being, for being just honest amongst each other, we're among pals here. We can, we we can have this level of conversation, right? It was reported. Earlier this week, Kevin Owens was broken by Fightful. That the 37-year-old Kevin Owens has re-signed with his existing deal that was set to expire at the end of January 2021. Pat LaPrade, shout out Pat, how you doing? Of TVA Sports, or as we say around here in Quebec, TVA Spa, said uh, that he actually interviewed Kevin Owens and that he broke the news on his uh, um, on his uh, podcast, but it has it just hasn't released yet. Um, uh, well, well, at the time it hadn't been released. It released today. Uh, it's a multi-year agreement 
uh, that Kevin Owens has re-signed here. He's been with the company since 2014, since de- since uh, uh, debuting on uh, NXT programming at the uh, December Takeover that year. Became uh, two th- in 2015. Oh, yeah. uh, he was uh, NXT champion and was on the main roster that very spring. He won the vacant Universal Championship after Finn Balor sustained an injury the previous month, but would hold the championship until the following March, from September 2016 to March, losing to a man whose name shall not be uttered tonight on this podcast because I'm feeling good. Owens explained why he opted to re-sign with WWE, and he did it because of the fam. That's right. Can't say it surprises me. Here's the exact quote. I'll settle for just saying that it, his contract, still ends on January 31st, but not 2022. I'm going to be around for several more years. This decision was pretty easy because it was really the best thing for my family. When it comes down to it, it's always a pretty easy decision. The WWE has been my home for seven years, so I have a sense of belonging. Basically, I've spent the majority of my career there. When you look at all the wrestling companies I've wrestled in, in WWE, that's where I've been the longest. That's where I need to be for the next few years. That's how I felt, and that's the decision I made. How can you argue against that? There's no way. I don't know how you can just come out here and say, because I, uh, frankly... And there's people, there, look, there's people I like who got extremely mad at this news. People, peers on one hand, chums, pals, people that I really do like got extremely mad at this. And I was like, it's not, Kevin Owens doesn't owe the fans anything. He owes himself to make the best decisions for him, right? Now, would I have been excited to see Kevin Steen be reunited in AEW with uh, with the Bucks and Adam Cole and get ourselves a nice little Mount Rushmore going again. Hell yeah! Especially when you know, look, when you look at the amazing stuff that Kevin Owens does, because what he does on on WWE on a regular basis, there is there aren't many people who do what he does on a regular basis. So I'm like, look at the, if this guy's unchained, imagine what he can do. Right? Because we know how WWE works. We know the overproduction. We know how this goes, right? We know Vince has to believe in you. You have to be part of the plan, so on and so forth. So it's like, look, I can understand that fans are disappointed. And you're entitled to be disappointed. Because ultimately, if you're attached to this talent and you want to see him fly with the best of them, right? If you want to see him rise, soar to the heights that you know he can achieve, then yeah, absolutely, you can be disappointed if he's playing for the team you don't like. Of course. But here's where I'm going to come in with the big old butt. <laughs> I, I showed you guys my waistline a couple of weeks ago, so you know you, you know what kind of butt's going on there. Here's the thing. I... I there he's he made a choice for himself and his family because there's so much stuff that we are not privy to 
that we don't know. We don't, like, honestly, we don't know how, we don't know how banged up the guy is. First and foremost, we just don't. So maybe he's just like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm just going to take a step back. I don't necessarily want to go wrestle, you know, go back to the style I used to do in, in, in Ring of Honor because I can't do that anymore. And that's what people are going to be expecting. I mean, I can't do it anymore. And that's legitimately possible. And maybe he just doesn't want to do that. Maybe he does look at the money and the travel schedule. And he's like, you know what? I've done this. And I just, this is good money. And that's clearly what he did. Made the choice for his family, for his living. Because, yeah, there's there was probably no way Tony Khan could meet the contract. And you know what? He probably used AEW as leverage. And you know what? Good for you, Kev. And good for every talent who does that. Whether it's AEW talent, whether it's WWE talent, whoever uses the other company for leverage, is that that's a gold star you deserve. Because that's what you should be doing. Because that's what a healthy competition does. That's the kind of situation it creates. You can go to the other guys and say, well, make me an offer. They give you the offer. You go back to the others. Look, I got this offer. Oh, well, we can better it. And then you go. That's what that's what negotiations are. It's crazy how I feel like some folks think that it's just a question of coming coming over with your with your your CV and then dropping it and it's like hire me and they okay let's it's negotiations it's not as cut and dry as I don't want to work for Vince or it, in certain circumstances it definitely is but in others that's not it Kevin Owens clearly sees this as a business move and good for him and if that because if that's what he wanted. He's got it, and I'm happy for him. And I'm happy that he's still going to be wrestling on national television. He's still going to be a reason why I'm going to keep watching Monday Night Raw or Smack, whatever brand he ends up on, because I love Kevin Owens. So good for him. I'm attached to him as opposed... Of course, I'm, I'm disappointed. Of course, I'm disappointed. The nostalgic in me... You know, the PWG uh, era, Kevin Owens with the Bucks and, you know, all the West Coast guys. Even though Kevin Owens is, you know, East Coast Canada. You know what I mean? It's like, it, I of course I'm going to miss all of that. Of course I'm going to miss all of that. But that's why we have, that's why we have video. That's why we have YouTube tapes, so on and so forth. Can revisit that anytime. I, I, I just find it weird that anyone, that folks got really, really mad. But a lot of people did bank on it. And a lot of smart people, and I'm doing air quotes here, you know, smart wrestling fans were saying, you know, Kevin Owens is out of here. A lot of people just worked themselves into this situation. And you know what? Kevin Owens probably worked us too. When people were talking about, oh, look at his body language. Look at it. He knows people look at this. And he's a wrestler. And he should work us. And we should be worked. And we shouldn't be mad because we got worked. It's good stuff. And good for Kevin Owens. Hope WWE treats him good. couple of other really quick notes 
on Raw, which I you know which I usually watch. It's NXT. I can't. I, I talked about it last week, right? How NXT is clearly not for me anymore. I just, I, I can't do it. I can't. It's not for me. Um. You know what I I. I you know what I tell you guys? And you don't listen to me. You, y- y'all never listen to me. But you know what I tell you? That WWE is incapable of building baby faces. You know, that they've got this thing with heat, right? It's all about heat. It's always about heat. It's Grayson Waller. sure y'all hate Grayson Waller you're not just like in complete disdain of him right it's more like visceral disgust you know um here's what I don't understand this is what I don't understand in regards to Bobby Lashley who is a heel right and he wants to be added to this uh this match that we're having at day one Big E at this point, it was Big E versus Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. And now they want... Bobby Lashley wants in on this because he's a former champion himself. So I'm looking... And so how do they decide to add him in, right? Because, you know, the, 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 the way of adding people to any type of match in WWE is completely arbitrary. Like, right now, it has been harder... To get into this one match, this four-way, it's been harder for people. They had to work harder to get into that match, that four-way at uh, 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 day one, than it was to get into the Survivor Series team. It Like day and night kind of thing. So Bobby Lashley says, I want in on it. So what do the the the... Adam Pierce's and whatnot. What did they do? Is that they get, they set up a gauntlet match. They stack the deck against Bobby Lashley. And I'm like, you don't stack the deck against the heel, not unless you're turning him face, which I don't really feel like they're doing. But because because he's clearly clearly still a heel, right? And 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 they they come back like. They come back and they're, look, they set up the matches and you're like, he's going to do a gauntlet. This is weird. And he's fighting two heels in this. They're like, okay. And obviously, and then when, when the Lashley's matches were declared, they come, when KO forces a DQ, right? Then uh, uh, Sonya Deville and, and Adam Pierce come out and they say, oh, fine, the matches are no disqualification. And you're like, this is baby face stuff that you're doing. You're, you're supposed to be doing this to your baby faces, not your heels. Like, I, I, I was so confused. I was like, why are we doing this? Why, why should this be a thing? Why sh- I'm not rooting for Bobby Lashley to be, but look, I am because I like Bobby Lashley, but I'm talking like character-wise, why would I want Bobby Lashley in this match? Because it's making it harder for my uh, for my babyface champion to win, right? And I get it. That's part of the deal. That's part of the thing. 
Biggie overcoming overwhelming odds in this match to retain. I don't think he will, but I, you know, that's that's the story they're telling. How will Biggie be able to overcome three over three other former champions, huge WWE superstars kind of thing, right? And but it's such weird booking. It, it's because you could be doing this and elevating a babyface in the process. But WWE doesn't know how to build babyfaces anymore. They do, they don't. The only way you look, the only way you know they're building a babyface is when a wrestler is cutting a promo and calls the other wrestler a bully. That's how you know that 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 person is being built as a babyface. They did it with Bianca, they did it with Liv, they did it with poor old Braun Strowman. By the way, by the way, I echo Adam Shear's uh, uh, a message out on Twitter. I can't remember what context he did. I like, I honestly don't. But he said my someone had called him Braun Strowman, and it's like my name is Adam Shear. Stop calling the man Braun Strowman. Like at this point, like we can, unless we're like a group of friends and we're giggling and we're just you know taking the piss or whatever. But for God's sake, start calling the man by his name now. It's Adam Shear. He wants to get over as Adam Shear. Braun Strowman is probably even a trademark that he can't, that doesn't mean shit to him anymore. He can't even touch it anymore. So like, like move on. Yes, Adam Shear doesn't have the quite the presence as Braun Strowman. And yes, he rose to prominence under Braun Strowman, but he's not Braun Strowman anymore. He can't be Braun Strowman anymore. So come on. So what was I talking about? So yeah. So even Braun Strowman was when he when they turned him babyface. It was like he was talking about bullies as well. That's enough with the ball. That's enough with the with the 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 the, the um that that, that with uh, uh the 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 bullying and the trying to build babyfaces this way when you're clearly pulling babyface moves on raw but you're doing it with the heel it's himself but you know we're i'm telling you this as if there was planning as if vince thought about this stuff weeks in advance you don't it's fly by the seat of your pants it's like tearing up the script a half hour before the show goes on kind of bullshit so no none of this matters like none of this matters um it's it's just completely bizarre it's completely bizarre and such weird booking i'm glad bobby lashley's in it and i, and I kind of hope bobby lashley wins because i like bobby lashley I, I still think he's one of the better booked people in the company except the in these types of situations these uh, chad i want you to uh, okay i think i'm gonna pop up a quick poll here okay i haven't done this in a while is the austin theory vince mcmahon story line weird and confusing <laughs> what a poll i'm putting out there because i think it's weird and confusing because i don't understand what's going on i know first of all first first and foremost okay you know i'll tell you i'll tell you how you know old people book this show. I'll tell you how I know old people book this show. 
old people book this show because the heel here takes selfies. And in the minds of old people, selfies are annoying. Now, I would definitely say 10, 12, 15 years ago or so, when we started getting front face cameras on our phones, I would say, yep, selfies were annoying. It was annoying. You'd walk around, you'd see all these people taking their phones going ka-ching, 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 you know. Uh, you know, in, in, in restaurants and shit like that. But now everybody does it. Everybody, everybody does it. It's not even a, it's not even a thing you notice anymore. Everybody takes selfies everywhere. So straight off the bat, the fact that he's a heel because he takes selfies, that's, that should be a sign to you that your, that the programming here does not uh, does not reflect properly, or should I does not reflect uh, 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 the the age groups you're trying to get? Because you know Austin Theory is just doing something that everyone would do. Always taking selfies with wrestlers he beats. So who 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 the fuck cares? It doesn't like the the prince. The idea is that he's taking selfies, and it's annoying because apparently young people do that, and young people are annoying, I guess. But yet we want young people to come watch the show. I don't know. But I don't, and he, but here's the thing, and I see in the poll people agree with me. I mean, yes, it is weird and confusing, but the thing here is that I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think, I'm starting to, 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 to fathom here that this is essentially what it is to work with Vince McMahon on a daily basis. I guess this is how, this is how it probably legitimately is to be a WWE superstar when Vince comes with these weird requests and you try to do what he wants you to do and you don't quite get it and then next thing you know he's slapping you across the face and you're saying I'm not giving you a match tonight I'm not I'm not giving you a match tonight you didn't do you, you didn't do the thing you you did that thing when you were supposed to do this thing like can you the these impossible these impossibly weird uh uh requests that Vince has on a day-to-day basis is, is probably exactly what we're living through here. That's probably exactly what this represents. There's probably a lot of meta in this. Because all these people that, that he employed over the years and he's trying to, you know, trying to give them direct... Do you, hey, what should you expect? The unexpected. Wrong. But you weren't supposed to expect... Like, how are you supposed to understand what anything Vince... Anything that Vince wants... How are you supposed to understand it? And this is what's being translated into this angle. And I don't understand what Vince wants. And I don't understand what Austin East Theory is supposed to do. I don't know what he expects of him. And not that I feel bad for Austin Theory because Austin Theory can go jump off a, a cliff. But you should not be feeling sympathy for Austin Theory right now, which is kind of what this whole thing is 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 is, uh, is um, signaling. It's like poor Austin Theory. He's trying his best here. Vince is just a confused old man. And I'm like, well, this is this is raw. This is Monday Night Raw. This is WWE in general. This is what it is. It's confused old man. Oh, it's confused old man trying to relay instructions to to the, the the kids that are trying to impress him and only him. And they're failing. And he's being obtuse. And they're like, dude, I'm doing. I'm trying. You're giving me these directions. I'm doing my best here. 
I don't get it. It's weird. I'm going to circle back for a second here because Cyclops is better than Wolverine left us a super chat. Still a very controversial name, but thank you very much for the super chat. And he uh, ponders the question here back when we were talking about AEW. What was the point of Dante Martin joining Team Taz? Well, so that he could feud with Ricky Starks, obviously. No, I'm, I'm being facetious because, you know, I'm... I'm not entirely sold. I, I, I'm not entirely sold on this on that thing. I didn't think it was all that great. I like. I thought it had. I thought it was a fun swerve. <clears throat> I thought it was a fun swerve when Dante decided to sign with uh, with Team Taz because I, I think everyone was like, "Yeah, he's gonna go with Leo." Of course, he's gonna go with Leo, and he didn't. And you're like, "Oh, you know," it's like this is fun. And, you know, I talked about it last week at the Battle Royal. I didn't think the turn was all that convincing. I don't think it was clear. Um, And it really does feel like it came out of nowhere. Don't get me wrong. Ricky Stars versus Dante Martin is a match I can get into. That's not my issue. Uh, I'm okay with it. But I don't, like, the whole, the, they really could have maybe give it a little more elbow room. They could have stretched it out a couple of weeks you know give us the impression that Dante Martin was really knees deep into Team Taz before doing the split up and the split up could have been better handled because I can't imagine how confusing it was for people in the audience because we had Taz on commentary going he double crossed us that son of a bitch you know kind of thing but I can't imagine the people in the audience were like so are they was that was that an accident? Are they good? You know, there was no, there was no, um, there was no backbone to that turn. You know what I mean? Weird. Thank you for the super chat. Cyclops is better than Wolverine. I'm gonna close this out talking about new Japanese professional wrestling. There's a couple of news bites that have got me excited. First and foremost. Best Super Juniors Tournament has concluded a couple of days ago. Our boy Hiromu Takahashi defeated Yo of all people to win uh, the uh, to win the trophy and be the best of the Super Juniors this year. Um, interesting because I said of all people because I'm I'm not that big a Yo guy. Shows my dude Yo. It's all right. Yo lost started the tournament lost his four first matches in a row. And I was like, everyone was like, okay, he's there. Yeah, he's eating pins. This is what he's here for. Good for him. Meanwhile, you know, Katamaru Yoshinabu, he's, he's dominant, like not dominating, but he's, he's on track. He's having great matches. I'm like, holy shit. Am I, am I going for Katamaru here? Am I, am I rooting for Katamaru to win best Super Juniors 2021? Um, But no, our, our boy, Yo here decides that no i'm done losing here i go wins seven in a row it is the best this is what chris charlton told us best win streak in the tournament since shingo takagi won nine in a row that's fantastic that's that's one for the record books right there i like this match i thought it was good i thought it was good you know 
uh, early on, they were feeling each other out. They were doing that, you know, oh, you know, trying to figure out what this guy's going to do, what that guy's going to do. But then they just started slapping each other. And then they started chopping each other. Then it got really physical. It got brutal. And you're like, oh, okay. Now we got some blood going, uh, blood pumping. No one was bleeding per se, but you know, like, oh, let's do this kind of thing. It was, it was good stuff. I really liked the the main event. Uh, yeah, I, I, Hiromu's great. Hiromu's great. Uh, good finish. Well, a good finish. Like Show got involved with the House of Torture. And there's some controversy around that because Show is still in a feud with Yo, who's his former partner. And, uh, you know, he got involved in the match because he doesn't like Hiromu either because he's in House of Torture and House of Torture is now getting involved in, in everything. And House of Torture is legitimately the least interesting thing in New Japan. Like the most, the least interesting stable they have. Evil Dick Togo, Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Beam. And sh- shows the saving grace of that th- thing, that a conglomeration of professional wrestling people. I, I I really don't care for it. And he got involved in the match. It was a bit of a shit show, and there's rumors going around that this is, you know, Dick Togo, who is a good friend of Gato, who is the booker, and Dick, Dick Togo's in this faction, and he was like, no, we need to get involved in this match and try to cause the match to... Try to get the, the match, uh, try to get Hiromu to, to lose the match. And Hiromu apparently was furious. Was furious and went to Gato with his. We, we, I don't want anyone interfering in my matches. I just want to wrestle. I want to wrestle a, a competitive match. Gato nixed it. I'm like, no, this, this, this sucks, man. Like, I, I, I don't like this shit. Like, I really don't. In the environment of New Japan, you really don't need this stuff. That that's what's aggravating. And Dick Togo, well, you know, he's you know he he was around in the Attitude Era. He likes his North American wrestling, and so does Gato. So, I, there's going to be more and more of this junk. We had called this last year, I think. We had called it. There was going to be more and more of this type of interference and garbage and. Well, we're heading there. Anyway. So, Hiromu wins uh, Best of Super Juniors uh, this year. Uh, World Tag League also done. Just to tell you how little I care about the tag team division. Like, yeah, I... Look, the winners are Hiroki Goto and... Go, Goto? Hiroki Goto and Yoshi-Hashi. I couldn't care less. Like, it... They've um, not even dangerous techers. Not even uh, they didn't even face a uh, um, girl as destiny. I'm like, why? I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. Uh, yeah, the 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 tag team division in New Japan is exactly on par with WWE. They just don't care just an excuse to get people on the cards that's fine but now that that's out of the way we're heading down the road to wrestle kingdom january 4th and 5th and they announced the cards i'm this is pretty good look good stuff coming from an organization 
that has been snake bitten all year and they are doing the absolute best they can with their uh, with their local talent because uh, let's break it down real quick not not many outsiders not many outsiders and not many rooms for surprises either there's one spot look let's get to it January 4th main event IWGP World Heavyweight Championship Shingo Takagi versus Kazuchika Okada that's gonna rule IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship that was decided uh, current champion El Desperado against best super juniors 2021 winner Hiromu Takahashi that's gonna rule you know why that's gonna rule because they had a fantastic match last year at the end of 2020 was one of my favorite matches of the year made my list so I they're gonna be on the big stage uh second to last match on the card they're gonna tear the house down I'm excited for this IWGP Tag Team Champions Championship uh uh Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi uh against the uh, Dangerous Techers I couldn't care less I really don't I honestly really don't the never open weight championship is also going to be defended on the first night of Wrestle Kingdom uh Tomohiro Ishii versus Evil this spells disaster I think Evil's going to win the belt because he's going to have all the uh all the nonsense people all the nonsense people all the house of torches is going to be all the nonsense I can't I'm I'm already I'm already dreading this match but evil, it seems to me, Ishii and Evil have this capacity to have pretty good matches with each other. So, like, I'm not completely shutting it down, but I am not excited. Here's the people's main event. The return of Katsuyuri Shibata against an opponent to be named. Katsuyuri Shibata, 42-year-old, this week entered the ring at Sumo Hall to make the announcement that he had a match on that day and everyone lost their mind. Shibata is one of my favorite wrestlers. I was brokenhearted when he his career got cut short in 2017. Suffered a subdural hematoma. He had to undergo emergency brain surgery. He was told he'd never wrestle again. I'm excited. Now this is where the speculation starts. You have in the chat people, is it Kenta? Look, there's a full circle situation with Kenta, right? Because Kenta's a dick and he went after him, you know, when Kenta made his uh, debut for New Japan. It's like, oh, that son of a bitch. So there's a full, like, there's, there you go. That long-term storytelling that I love so much. It didn't make perfect sense. You know who isn't on this card either? Jay White. You know, you want Shibata to, to wrestle a, maybe, you know, a low-impact match. You know, because Shibata still, you know, I we don't know how ready he is. Like, he did that one match with, uh, that exhibition match, that five-minute exhibition with Zack Sabre Jr. a couple of uh, weeks ago, a month ago or so. Month and a half, two months. And uh, they wrestled a fantastic technical match and I had goosebumps and I was riveted to my screen the entire time. Uh, you know, maybe that's what the, you know, maybe that's the kind of match that he has to do. Something not too, uh, not too physical, low impact. I don't know. Like, we don't know in what type of condition he, he he's in. If he wrestles a guy like Jay White, if he wrestles a guy like Jay White, 
first of all, no one expects Jay White to be, you know, king of the strikes. We're, you know, it's not Shingo, it's not Ishii, it's not fucking uh, Kojima in the ring. You know, it's not a guy who's going to come pounding. We're expecting him to kick the shit out of anyone. It's going to be a guy that you're like, oh, he's going to be sneaky. He's going to be a heel. He's going to be a son of a bitch. He's going to toy with them. He's going to try and get into his head. Like, and that makes, that also makes a lot of sense to me because you want Shibata to have that, you know, baby face comeback, that big, big, big baby face comeback. Jay White is a son of a bitch. Jay White's an asshole and he's the, he's a perfect asshole for that kind of for that kind of story, for that kind of comeback that you want to tell, right? Jay White just comes out and is like, you know, let's see if you're ready. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what kind people are dream matching. Of course, it's saying Brian Danielson. And I'm like, look, I am not going to keep anyone from dream matching and going. Because look, if if Brian Danielson pops up like he, you know, he takes a break, you know, he lost to well, he didn't lose, but, you know. He goes and licks his wounds after Hangman Page a bit, takes a flight out to Japan, spends a couple of weeks there and comes back. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to bitch, but I'd be surprised. Swiss World, Chris, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. But there's there's some good speculation here. This one is still open. You feel it's going to be a good surprise. It could be Kenta. Kenta, but but here's the thing. Okay, but Kenta's wrestling on night two, right? Kenta's wrestling Hiroshi Tanahashi for the US title the night before. Now, do you have Kenta lose on night one when he's supposed to be looking strong as a challenger going into night two? See, I kind of think you don't do that. I kind of think you don't do that. But... Uh, I wouldn't put it past necessarily New Japan to have Shibata lose, but that would also be weird because you kind of want Shibata to win. You want you you want the feel good moment of Katsuyuri Shibata just standing tall. What I'm talking about, sitting strongly in the ring. That's the you know what I mean. Cross legged. That's what you want. You want the visual of him covered in confetti and all that that's what that's the feel-good moment you want and i'm getting choked up just thinking about it you know um then you've got this is an irk that i have with wrestle kingdom cards because we're you're getting road two shows on your main wrestle kingdom cards and that irks me this is this to me is a counter argument to giving us two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Because we're getting LIJ, Naito, Sanaida, Sanaida, and Bushi versus the United Empire. Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, Great O'Conn, right? And uh and that's setting up that, that uh, in these matches, we're setting up Sanada versus Great O'Conn and Tetsuya Naito versus Jeff Cobb. On night two. But these are road two matches. This is a six-man match that belongs on a road two, not on your fucking Wrestle Kingdom card. And that's what bugs me. And it's the same thing with the other match they have. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Rocky Romero, and Taguchi versus Kenta, Taiji Shimori, and El Fantasmo. 
all you know there's uh, 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 four um, yeah all of these guys are wrestling the next night in 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 matches with stakes I'm like this is a road two match I don't care don't don't put those there it's it's silly it's stupid that that to me is an argument against multiple multiple Wrestle Kingdom nights because they did it last year too and it and it bugs me it this is your big show you know don't put the we're not building anymore at this point we're not these are the payoffs anyway yo versus show is also going to happen on night one uh, good i i enjoyed their uh i enjoyed their match at uh best of super juniors i thought it was good i'm excited to see what they do here and the new japan rambo is going to be <laughs> i if you're a fan of it if you're a fan of uh that stuff <laughs> it's also gonna be it's a dark match apparently though or on the kickoff whatever night two we're gonna have the other iwgp heavyweight championship match the winner of kazuchika okada and shingo takagi will be facing will osprey um my prediction and i know a lot of people are like okada 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 and I think they're right. <laughs> I think I think it is Okada against Will Ospreay, and Will Ospreay is going to win it back from Okada. I think that's how we're going to do this. Because honestly, there's too many fucking titles. This is this is another pet peeve of mine right now in New Japan. Uh, Okada walking around with the old IWGP heavyweight title instead of the briefcase just fucking confuses everything. I, you know, he raises it above his head. I'm like, stop it, and then. You have Shingo, who has his belt, and you have, uh, meanwhile, Will Ospreay says, I'm the real world's champion, and he has his replica, and I'm like, guys, this is all too much. This is nonsense. Stop it. I'm I'm super annoyed. I'm really super annoyed at it all. Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to be defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Kenta. We already mentioned that. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Should be fun. Tetsuya Naito versus Jeff Cobb. Sure. This is going to be great. Jeff Cobb has been on a tear. I, I would, I, I would see him, I would see him uh, win. I definitely see him win. Sonata versus Jeff, versus uh, Great Okan will also be a good time. You know what else is a good time? Me singing Kristen Ashley, first lady of the Mister Warren Hayes show. Yeah. Hello, Kristen, and welcome. Never open weight six man tag team championships. Um, evil show and Yujiro Takahashi versus Roki Goto, Yoshihashi and Yo- like if you could if you could have me what if you were to ask me Warren Warren, yes, what do you care less about? The tag teams or the never open weight six never open weight six man tag Oh definitely. Uh the King of Pro Wrestling Four Way, which is still to be determined. Uh, pretty, pretty sure Yano's going to be in there. That's fine. Um, and then we're going to have this is very cool, a Stardom Showcase match on the main card, second from the start, which is cool. Mayu Starlight Kid in a tag team versus Ta- Tam Nakano and Sayak 
Kamitani, which is going to be great. I'm so happy about this. I'm really happy. I'm glad that they've graduated from the dark matches. And this is the third year, third or fourth year. I think it's been three years that we've been having stardom shows on at Wrestle Kingdom. Started with dark matches. Then they're on the kickoff. And now they're going to be on the full show. And I think that fucking rules. And there's got to be more of this. I Stardom, Jesus, deserves so much international attention. This rocks. This is such a good, good call. I mean, the Bushido Road co-ownership has to lead to this kind of stuff, right? It has to. What? Because I've, I've had arguments with people in the past. Like, it's not the New Japan's uh, responsibilities to promote the women's wrestling. Well, it's Bushido Rhodes' responsibility to make money with its companies. So, why, why not use two companies that have clear synergies with each other, that have a, a similar fan base? Pro wrestling, pro wrestling. Just go ahead and do it. Uh, but Warren, it is uh, uh, cultural. Hit the bricks. And the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships are also going to be on the line in another match that I couldn't... Like, everything that has to do with the tags in New Japan, uh, it's so underwhelming to me. Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask versus Rocky Romero and Rizuki Taguchi. And uh, what did they call themselves? Bullet Club's cutest? Right? El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori? That's an El Fantasmo call. <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. I think I think the, the main singles matches that they have on both of these nights are all exciting. I think they're all they're all good in their own special little way. I'll probably do a preview show uh to break all of this down. But you know what? On top of that, I'll be doing Post shows immediately after nights one, nights two, and even night three. Yeah, but they're supposed to. No one in New Japan is supposed to do another press conference, right? I think very, very soon, something like that. So we'll get into the the business of night three very, very soon. But I'm excited. I'm excited for Wrestle Kingdom, and that makes me feel good because it's been a shit year for New Japan, and I think they're doing the best with what they have, and. God, I hope 2022 is better. Because it's it really was a snake-bitten bitch of a year for New Japan. They need people back. They need full crowds back. And I, and I don't mean they need them at all costs. Uh, uh, please stop all uh, sanitary, uh, sanitation regulations and stuff like that. No, 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 no. We need to get them, you know, everyone safely back into full capacity arenas is what I mean. Because uh, I, I want New Japan to do well. I want New Japan to succeed. Look, it's just as simple as that. Just as simple as that. And I think they deserve a better year than 2021 for sure. And um, oh, one very, very quick bit. One last thing. Tokyo Sports, the... Um, you know, they call themselves a sporting publication, but, you know, they're, you know, it's a little kayfabe. It's a little, you know, very attached to, to pro wrestling. It's you know, you're a, a Japanese PWI. Let's put it that way. 
Uh, Tokyo Sports revealed their 2021 award winners, and Shingo Takagi is Tokyo Sports MVP award winner. And I mean, there's that's all you need to know. That that, and I completely agree. I think I think Shingo Takagi is the is the best wrestler of 2021. I Shingo has had nothing, nothing but um, extraordinary matches. Look, good to excellent matches this year. Whether he was on, uh, whether he was on the on the level of um, uh, of of the world title, or when he was in the New Japan Cup, right? Uh, regard, you know. He was having fantastic matches with juniors, with heavyweights. Shingo has done it all this year, and he has not had... There is not a single Shingo match that you can go back and look at and say, eh, not a single one. It's either going to be a good match, where you're going to be clapping along, you're going to be like, I'm excited, I'm stoked, or just on your feet going, this is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And, and there's... That's where you're. That that's the the playground he's in. And look, probably Will Osprey, you know, hitting the bricks, not being on uh, on TV, taking a break because of the COVID and whatnot. You know, for whatever reasons, there's been lots of rumors and conjecture. That probably he would have been a solid contender this year, but he disappeared. And Shingo Man has just been magic. He's been magic. Top to bottom. Nothing but great stuff from from Shingo. I am not even remotely surprised. Um, The best tag team, according to uh, uh, Tokyo Sports, was Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., Dangerous Techers. Um, The best match this year went to Go Shiosaki versus Kaiji Muto? And Noah? Really? Shiozaki and Muto? Muto sucks. He stinks. Outstanding performer went to Jake Lee and AJPW. I don't know what exactly the difference is between outstanding performer and, and MVP, but that's pretty cool for Jake Lee, though. Technique went to Great Ocon. All right. I'd, I'd, I'd like to learn more about these categories. Um, fighting Spirit. Went, went to uh, Takeshita in DDT. Uh, Joshi Wrestler of the Year was Utami, of course. Rookie of the Year was Yuki Arai from uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is cool. And Achievement went to Rumi Kazama. Uh, the uh, two nominees for the award included uh, Takagi and Kaijimuto for the MVP award, with Takagi winning the first round with a majority of 14 votes. Muto... Uh, and uh, won the best bout award with uh, Shiozaki instead. Muto stinks now. He really is. Oh, we already talked about Hiromu. That's the thing. Mm, guess you missed it. Hiromu rules, though. You know what else rules? The fact that we are going to wrap up the weekly wrestling inspection. <laughs> Well, 
ladies and gentlemen, we're done. Kaput! It's time to it's time to hit the bricks and 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 go off to the uh, um, the choir eternal. No, no, don't die. I don't want anyone to die. No, but it is time to wrap it up for tonight. I want to thank you all for joining me tonight here live on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or if you join me on your own accord uh, on demand or on the podcast wherever you could. Thank you so very, very much. We've got just a couple of more shows before the end of the year. I mean, I hope you guys stick around. Come, I'm trying to come up with something fun to do and I think I got, I think I might have an idea but you're going to have to stick around to find that out. This is the first time you popped in. Subscribe and you should subscribe during the show because as you saw it scared the shit out of me when you do so but hey thank you again okay i won't hold you i won't hang you uh, keep you around any longer thank you so much for joining me tonight pro wrestling rules we'll see you next time